he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a, a bed and a, ta- and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall return in thither. And it fell on a day that, came, that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and he lay there. And he, and he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Nay, now, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken of for the king or the captain or the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the reading of the word. Thank you for this passage and how it tells us about this great lady. And I pray you'd help us and give us understanding as we look at it today and bless our mothers through this, this message we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is Mother's Day, and it's, a fit, it's fitting that we should honor mothers on this day. But sad and true that mothers are not honored as much today in our country as they used to be honored. The left-wing woke politicians and citizens of the United States are not honoring mothers as they should. You do not honor mothers when you move to call Mother's Day Birthing People Day. And you do not honor mothers when you approve of murdering babies in the womb. You do not honor mothers when you champion abortion as a constitutional right. You do not honor mothers when you say that that democracy is threatened when you seek to limit abortion. You do not honor mothers when you claim that women have the right to do what they want with their bodies and you include in that right the right to kill their own babies. You do not honor mothers when you instruct the mother the mother's young children about sex and gender identity while they're in school, and the child's mom and dad are not aware what the child is being taught. You do not honor mothers if you are the CEO of Disney and you go along with the woke crowd and lie about Governor DeSantis and the Florida legislature when they try to protect your children. You do not honor mothers when you get upset and threaten the U.S. Supreme Court justices because a leaked document seems to signal that the Supreme Court might strike down the Roe versus Wade decision, and turned the abortion issue over to the states. Did you know that Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, and Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, called the possible decision of the Supreme Court abomination? That's a Bible word that God uses to, to reserve for great sins, and they called that that you couldn't abort babies uh, abomination. They've got it all mixed up. Do you know that Schumer is pushing for the passage of the Women's Health Protection Act, which would codify part of the Roe v. Wade decision into law, giving all the women in the U.S. a right to a national right to abortion? No, the woke agenda for America is insanity, and it does not honor mothers. That ungodly mindset dishonors mothers, laughs at God's word, rejects Jesus Christ, approves of immorality, and assures that our nation will face the judgment of God. 
But I'm glad today that we do honor mothers here at our church, and I know that you do as well. I am glad that we recognize the importance of motherhood and the value of godly mothers. The passage we read this morning talks about a great mother. Verse 8 refers to her as a great woman. This great woman later became a great mother. It's imperative that a woman be a great woman before she becomes a great mother. Yes, you can become a mother and not be a great woman, but you cannot be a great mother until you become a great woman. I know that some other translations render the word great as influential, wealthy, well-to-do, and prominent. These all speak of her standing in society. But I believe that great woman in this passage is a good translation because of the context. You see, the context speaks of her character. It doesn't speak of her standing. She was a great woman of character. Therefore, she became, as I have entitled the message, a great mother. Now, let's observe some things about this great woman, this great mother in the Scripture in this passage. We didn't read the whole passage for time, but let's look at it this morning. First of all, she was a saved woman. She was a saved woman. We know that because of of the demonstration of her faith. You are saved by faith in the Lord. And she was a saved lady because she demonstrated her faith. Uh, Her faith was real because she demonstrated it, and she did it in different ways. First of all, she honored the man of God. Verse 9, she called him the holy man of God. In verse 16, she called him the man of God. Verse 22, she called him the man of God. She had probably heard of some of his miracles and observed his character as he went by her house from day to day and when he would stop. And she observed that this was a godly man. She had heard about his miracles. Up to this time, there had been five miracles in Elisha's life. The first miracle was when he first, uh, you remember Elijah went up into heaven and he he left uh, Elisha with the the power of of the prophet and he took his, his mantle and he struck the Jordan River and it divided. That was the first miracle. Then he healed the waters of Jericho, which were bitter, and they couldn't drink them. He healed those waters. Then you remember there were some uh, young people came out, and they they made fun of Elisha. They said, go up, thou bald head. And Elisha cursed them and said, and uh, God called she-bears to come out of the the woods and tore up uh, 42 of those children. And uh, that was because God was honoring his prophet, and and the prophet said for God to deal with them. Also, he told that the kings got together, uh, uh, and uh, it was Israel and Judah, and they were fighting the enemy, and uh, they got to the place where they didn't have any water, and they said, we're going to die because of water. We don't have water for ourselves and for our, our horses, and we need water. And Eli- Elisha said, dig ditches in this valley, and they dug ditches in the valley. And uh, Elisha said, now the Lord's going to fill those dishes, dishes up, ditches up. And there was any place for the water to come from, but all of a sudden it came and filled all those ditches and they had water to drink. And the next morning the enemy got up and saw that and the sun was shining on that water and they thought it was blood. They thought that they had turned on each other and killed each other and they said, let's go to the spoil. And they went and God used used the armies to destroy the enemy. And then another, another miracle right before this passage is in verses 1 to 7 of chapter 4, and that is where this widow lacked money. She needed to pay her bills. And, and uh, so uh, the Lord, the prophet told her to take, go get vessels. And so they went out and get, gathered vessels. She's now, they closed the door, and now pour that little oil that you have into those vessels, and it poured up, and it filled up all the vessels. And he said, now go sell that oil to pay your debt. 
and those were the miracles. And no doubt this lady had heard something about at least some of those miracles, and she knew that this was a holy man of God. So she was a saved person because she recognized and she honored the man of God. That's a characteristic of a person who really knows the Lord. If you do not honor God's servants, I guarantee you, your children probably won't either. And many times, parents have been dishonoring to the man of God, and it shows in their children. You can hear what their children say, and you know it came from home. Imagine, imagine that was true of those that, uh, those, those that uh, mocked Elisha. When they said, go up, thou bald head, they probably heard that from their parents. And uh, so you have to honor God's man. Also, she proved she was saved because she believed in the Lord. In verse 30, it says, as the Lord, she said, as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. She had just lost her son. He had died, and she had gone to get Elisha to see what he could do about it. And she said, as the Lord liveth. In other words, she didn't question that God lives. She didn't question that God exists. She didn't say, well, how could God be good, God, or how could he even live if he'd let something this, like this happen to me? She believed in the Lord in the worst of circumstances, and she said, as the Lord liveth. She also obeyed the Lord. No doubt God had, had impressed upon her mind to do something about Elisha and his servant as they traveled by. She knew that they needed food, so she, the Lord impressed that upon her, and the Lord probably impressed upon her to have her husband agree to build that addition to their house, and uh, she obeyed the Lord. She did what God told her to do. She was a saved lady because it was proved by her actions. So by her actions, she demonstrated that she was a good woman, and she became a good mother. Another thing about this lady, she was not only a saved lady, she was a selfless lady. She was a selfless woman. She worked for others' good. You see, she noticed that Elisha passed by her house frequently, and so she constrained him. She actually begged him to come in and let her fix him, him something to eat, and so he did, and then every time they came that by, way, by that way, she would fix him something to eat. And then one day she asked her husband, said, uh, let's build a room, a chamber on our house for them. And they did. And uh, this was because she cared about them. It cost her something to do that, but she was willing to do it. And so they equipped that room with a, a bed and a, a table and a stool and a candlestick. So the candlestick was, of course, for the light so he could sit down and he could study or whatever and he could lie down to, eat, uh, to sleep. And so they provided this, this for them. And this, this caused her some inconvenience, but that was all right because it wasn't about her, it was about somebody else. And so she was a lady who was selfless. She looked out for other people's needs. She did not seek to put herself first. You remember the, uh, Elijah said was impressed by what she did for them, and, and she said, he said, does she not, not need something? And said, go ask her, he said to Gehazi. And she said this, she says, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I'm satisfied, the Lord's good, the Lord's blessed. And he said, I can speak to you, and this Elisha, with all his power and all his miracles, had some clout with the king. And he said, I can speak to you, the king. She wasn't interested in that. And she said, I'm, I'm happy, God's been good. And so she was not a selfish lady, she was a selfless lady. She was also a submissive woman. This lady was submissive. The Bible does not teach that women should be in submission to men. Sometimes people get that mixed up. The Bible doesn't teach that. But the Bible does teach 
that wives are be, to be in subjection to their husbands. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands and, uh, as unto the Lord. So, so she was married and she submitted, submitted to her husband. But it gives us a detail in this passage about her husband. That is, he was old. In fact, the, uh, Gehazi said she's, he's an old man. So her husband's old. And yet she, younger than he, still submitted to him. And, be, and seen in her, in her language, she said, uh, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee. With respect, she was asking her husband if they could do this. She said in verse 22, Send, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. She was going to take a trip to see Elisha, but she asked her husband first. She didn't just leave home, so he didn't know where she was at. She asked her, she says, Send me, I pray thee. She had respect for her husband. She was in submission to him. She was respectful, she was submissive, and she was a godly lady. Also, we've not noticed about this lady, she was not only saved, she was not only selfless, and she was not only submissive, but she was also a strong lady. Now, I want to point out her strength in two ways. First of all, she had spiritual perception. She was a strong lady with spiritual perception. And two things about that, and that is she knew who was important. In her life, she knew who was important. Uh, you, we need to ask ourselves the question, do we know who's important? And a lot of young people, you know, get all mixed up in their life because they don't understand who's important. They'll reject mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and, and uh, other people and even the pastor. They'll reject what they say and what they want, want. And they'll think about somebody else who's their idol. It might be a music star or somebody like that. And that's important to them. This lady knew who was important. Now, who was important to that, this lady? How did she, or who did she perceive that was important to her? First of all, God was important. God was important to her. You see, her husband was, from the context, we find out that he was probably a farmer. He had reapers that helped him reap the crop. So he was probably a farmer and probably well enough to do to take good care of her, but that was not enough. It wasn't enough for her just to have a nice home and things. She needed the Lord, and the passage seems to imply uh, very strongly that she loved the Lord, she trusted the Lord, and she wanted to serve the Lord. You see, if you live your life without God being important, I could save you, or anybody could save you. If you live your life without God being important, you're a godless person. Now, we usually use that term godless person to refer to some wicked person. But godless means without God. And if you live your life as if God's not important at all, you never consult him, you don't, don't want to do what he wants, you don't want to please him, uh, God's out of the picture, then you're a godless person. Also, she realized somebody else was important, and that is the man of God was important. In verse 9, she says, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. And because she perceived that, she wanted to be involved in his ministry in some way to help him. She knew that was important. It was important what God was doing through this man, and she wanted to be a help to him. That's what we do when we support missionaries. We believe it's important what they're doing. They're taking the gospel to a country that, uh, that maybe they, they don't have the privileges we, do, we have. They don't have all the gospel witness we have. And we want those people to know Jesus. And so we want to be involved in their ministry. And we realize those missionaries are important. 
and she realized that God's man was important. And then there was another thing about her. She realized that children were important. You see, she had no child at first, but she wanted a child, and that was important to her, but she wanted a child. Her husband was old, and she probably resigned to the fact, to the fact that she couldn't have a child, but she still valued them. She wanted a child. In fact, when Elisha told her that uh, she was going to have a child, she said, don't lie to me. I mean, she's, she's taken back, you know, she said, oh, oh, man of God, don't lie to me. That's so important to me, but don't lie to me. Well, he wasn't lying to her, and she did have a child, and she treasured that child. Children were important to her. See, this lady didn't abort her child. She gave birth to her child, and she loved that child, and children were important to her. Well, I don't know what she had, how much she had, or how influential she was, how well-to-do she was, but I know this, that children were important to her. And God was more important than things. The man of God was more important than things, and children were more, more important than, th- than things. But not only did she perceive who was important, she also perceived what was important. Some people don't, don't perceive what is important. She did. What was important to her in this story is that she wanted to serve God. She wanted to serve God. She had this opportunity. The man of God's coming by my house. He's coming by on a regular basis, and I want to be involved in in his work. I want to serve God. So she had made an investment in God's work. You see, it was more important to her than extra frills for household. It was more important to her than extra dresses or whatever uh, for her. It was more important to her for to take some of the money that they had to spend on the man of God. And it wasn't just Elisha, it was also Elijah. Eli- it was also Gehazi, his servant. So there were two of them. And so she wanted to take this money and use it for the Lord. Today, we need to also be involved in God's work. And you need to be involved in God's work. You are today. You're involved in God's work because you're here. And you're a part of God's family, and you're wanting to encourage one another, and you want to hear the word of God, and you want to fellowship together. And that's part of God's work. Being involved in God's work involves faithful attendance in church. It means serving the Lord. It means faithful in witnessing. It means faithful in in your personal devotions. It means faithful in your giving to the Lord. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. It'll cost you. You see, it costs you to serve the Lord. It costs this lady. I mean, it started off occasionally as he came by, and he came by quite often, but she'd feed him a meal. But when she made the step that they're going to make a room for him, and they're going to make a bed there for he can stay, in other words, this is going to be his home, and he'll travel from here, then he's going to be around more, and she's going to be involved more in, in, in taking care of him. It's more meals, all of that involved. Uh, it costs her something to do this. It always costs us something to serve the Lord. You see, the, the flesh doesn't like it. The, the world doesn't like it, and the devil doesn't like it. It'll cost us to serve the Lord, but it sure is worth it. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you work. It'll cost you money, but it's important. It's important to serve the Lord. This lady was a strong lady because she perceived who was important and she perceived what was important. And I want to say this. If serving God is not important to you, it probably won't be important to your children. I've noticed something through the years that uh, 
many times in parents who really serve the Lord, love the Lord, their children will end up doing less than they did. Except exceptionally, or occasionally, you know, they'll, they'll do more. But it's usually less. So if you don't sacrifice to serve the Lord, and you really don't love the Lord, and if you don't think it's important to serve the Lord, then chances are your children won't think it important either. They'll probably do less than you do. And so it's so important to serve the Lord. She was solid in, the, in this. She also had solid persistence. You see, she had solid persistence. She was persistent in her hospitality. As I said, it wasn't easy what she did, but she kept it up. She didn't say, oh, it's getting too hard, I'm going to quit. She kept it up. She kept serving the Lord. It was inconvenient. It was time-consuming. Sometimes it was very tiring, but she persisted and she did not quit. How many times have we started to serve the Lord and we quit because it took time, because it was hard, because it cost, and we quit? This lady didn't quit. She kept on serving the Lord. You see, she had been disappointed because she didn't have a child, but that didn't stop her. She kept on serving the Lord. She persisted in her service to the Lord. You know, you might think that that's maybe just true of you and uh, me, but it wasn't. It was true also of Paul. We read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 concerning Paul, it wasn't easy for him to be who he was. Remember in Romans 7, I believe it was, he said, uh, I have this going on in, my, in me, and that is what I want to do, I end up not doing. And there's a struggle in, my, in me that uh, I, what I want to do, I, my flesh works against me and I end up not doing it. And he said, who shall deliver me from this? And he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. And so he faced that struggle. But notice what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning verse 24. Know ye not that they which run the race run all, and one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection. Now, I believe that says that Paul sometimes didn't want to get up. I think that means sometimes Paul says, I need to go to this certain church, but I don't really feel like it. I've told you the story before, I believe, about the guy who's, who got up one morning and he told his mom, he said, Mom, I'm not going to church today. She said, why? He said, uh, because the people don't appreciate me down there and they don't like me, and I just don't think it's really worth the time anymore. And she says, I'll give you three reasons why you should go. He said, what's that? He said, she said, first of all, you're a grown man. Secondly, God wants you to go. And thirdly, you're the pastor. Be a good idea if you go. <laughs> you know, sometimes even pastors get to where, oh, I just don't feel like it. But that doesn't matter. What matters is what God wants us to do. And so we do what God wants us to do. And Paul said, I have, to, I have to discipline my body. I have to bring it under subjection. And I have to be in control, not my body in control. I have to say, I'm going to do this because God wants me to do it. And that's the way she was. She persisted in her hospitality. She also persisted in her home. She was a strong lady because she persisted in her home. You see, her home, you read this passage, you get the idea that her husband was not that spiritually minded. You get the idea that she was the spiritual leader in the home. 
uh, she was the one who, who made the suggestion, you know, that she feed the man of God. She was the one that made the suggestion they build a room for the man of God. And she was the one who seemed to be spiritually minded, and the husband wasn't. But she didn't leave him. She stayed true to him. She stayed submissive to him, and she loved him, and she wanted to help him. And uh, she was the one that took the initiative. Remember when, when her child uh, was sick, and she took care of him? She was the one who took the initiative when he died, and she went to get help. She was the one seemingly that was involved in the spiritual things, but she kept on. She persisted in her home. Many people have given up on their home before they should have. But this godly woman didn't. And then she persisted in her hope. Her hope stayed true. She had this hope all along, and that is she was going to trust the Lord regardless. She believed the Lord even though things weren't going well. She trusted God when she had no child. It was a long time. She didn't have any children. But what do you find her doing while she didn't have any children? She was frustrated because she didn't have a child. She wanted a child, but she didn't have one. But what she do? She'd give up and say, if, if that's the kind of God I serve, I'm not going to serve him. No, she kept on serving the Lord. She had a hope in the Lord. She trusted God to do what, what is right, and she kept on serving him. And she was serving Elisha and Gehazi all this time without a child. And then Elisha was impressed. He says, what can we do for this woman who's given so much care to us? She was faithful. She trusted God when she had a child. And when that child came, no doubt she took care of him. We're not told about all that, but she no doubt took care of him and loved him. She trusted God that. And then she trusted God when she lost the child. And the child died. And uh, she trusted the Lord. Uh, you notice what her language says. She says, "Run to the, let me run to the man of God. She, she took her... We didn't read that account, but she, her son died. She, he went out to help his dad to the, as with the reapers, and he got this headache, and his dad told the young, one of the young men, take him to his mom. So he took him to his mom, and she, he sat on her, her lap for a little while, and then he died. She took him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God in that chamber, and she shut the door, and she left. And she told her husband, she says, get a young man to help me and saddle up on the, the donkeys and let me go to the man of God. She didn't tell him why. He said, why do you want to go to the man of God? It's not Sunday. I mean, it's not, it's not, the, not the, a special day. Of course, it wouldn't have been Sunday back then, but in our terminology. She says, it's not a special feast day or a religious day. Why do you want to go to the man of God? And she said, it shall be well. It shall be well. That spoke of her faith and her hope, and she persisted in her hope regardless what happened in her life. She was a mother who trusted the Lord. And she said later, when they asked, when Gehazi said, well, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's your husband doing? How's the child doing? And she says, it, it is well. It is well. The child was dead. She said, it's well. Why would she say that? She believed the Lord. She was going to the man of God because she believed that God was so powerful he could do something about raising this child, and she went to the man of God, and she said, I will not leave you. <laughs> and the Bible says she led the way, and the man of God followed her to the house. And uh, she went there because her faith persisted. She persist, persisted in hope. Mothers today face many problems, but you need to remain strong with spiritual perception, 
knowing who is important, knowing what is important, with solid persistence, persistence in your, in your home, persistence in your work for the Lord, persistence in your hope, and just keep on serving the Lord. And then there's the last thing I noticed about this lady, and that is she was a satisfied woman. She was satisfied. When we trust the Lord through all the circumstances of life, he will give us satisfaction. You see, the world disappoints, the flesh disappoints, the devil disappoints, but God never disappoints. Sometimes we don't understand what he's doing, but I'll guarantee you God never disappoints. Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, So taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. She was satisfied. She was satisfied in her service to the Lord. As she was serving the Lord, she was satisfied. Because she persisted and was able to feed the man of God, she had the privilege, and we don't know her name, but she's recorded in the Scripture, and we're preaching about her today. She had the privilege of knowing Elisha and taking care of Elisha, her home, furnishing a house for Elisha. And when we get to heaven, we'll get to meet this lady, and maybe we'll finally know her name, but we'll, find, we'll know that this lady took care of Elisha. And she, was, she had that satisfaction of taking care of the man of God. And while she was doing that, the Lord blessed her with a child. And no doubt she was very satisfied there. But she was not only satisfied in service, she was also satisfied in suffering. You see, this lady suffered. She suffered a lot, suffering because she did not have a child during, during that time. No doubt it brought disappointment. But she did not dwell on that, what she didn't have. She dwelled on what she could have and what she could do. And she served the Lord. And she said, I live among my own people. I'm satisfied. And she didn't have a child at that time. So she was a satisfied lady. And then she was satisfied during her suffering. Sickness came to her son. and Death came to her son. And she said, it shall be well. He died. She went to get help. They asked her how she was doing, she said, it is well. And then the Lord raised that child from, its, from death and uh, gave it back his life, and she held the child again, and she was satisfied. The Bible says in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. She walked through that valley of the shadow of death. But in the midst of her suffering, she still trusted the Lord, and she knew it's going to be all right. It shall be well. It is well. And she trusted the Lord. And we can do the same. Whatever your problems you face, if we are Christian and we can trust God and we can trust God and we can be at peace because he has promised. He has promised a lot of things to us. Some of those promises are this. He always loves us. It never changes. He always loves us. He will never leave us. He will always care for us. He will supply for our needs. He will work all things together for good to those that love him. He will make us more than conquerors. And someday we'll have a brand new body, we'll have a brand new home, and we'll be able to see Jesus. The Bible makes that very clear. And verses, I have verses to all of those points. God makes it clear that we can trust him and he'll make us satisfied as we live for him. Yes, this woman was a great mother. She was a great mother because she was a saved woman. 
She was a selfless woman. She was a submissive woman. She was a strong woman. And she was a satisfied woman. But I ask you today, mothers and everyone else, are you saved? Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? You say you see, you can't really be a great mother unless you're saved. I mean, there's some good mothers that are not saved, but a great mother has to also deal with the spiritual things. I mean, if you're a good mother, as the world speaks of it, and you're a good mother, and you raise your children, and they become respectable people and have a good job and things like that, they're decent people, but they die and go to hell. Have you, have you succeeded? No, you won't be a great mother until you know Jesus as your personal Savior and you live for him and teach your children to live for him as well. And so whether you're a mother or not, the question is, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Has there been a time in your life when you personally have come under conviction from the Lord and knew that you were a sinner in need of a Savior and without Jesus you would die and go to hell someday? Have you ever come to that conviction and said, Lord, I need you as my Savior and call out to the Lord to save you? The Bible says Jesus died for our sins on the cross of Calvary, paid the price. He rose from the grave on the third day. He wants to be our Savior. He's willing to forgive us of all of our sins and make us His children and give us His righteousness applied to our account so we, we could be accepted by Him. He wants to do that for us, but it's up to us to decide whether we're going to accept Him or not. And you have to ask that question. Have you personally trusted Jesus as your Savior? If you haven't, I hope that you will today. Today's a wonderful day. Wouldn't it be great to say, you know, I look back and I was saved on Mother's Day <laughs> and tell all about it when you trusted Jesus as your Savior. I hope if you're not trusted, have you, if you haven't been saved yet, that you will be today. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for reminding us of this great lady. She was a great mother because she trusted you. She was a great mother because she submitted to you and did what you wanted her to do. And she had hope in you, knowing that you were going to take care of her regardless of what happened. She was faithful. We thank you for her. I thank you for mothers here today, Lord. We have many faithful mothers in this auditorium. We have mothers who love the Lord, and they want their children to love the Lord. And I thank you for them. But it might be today that someone in this congregation, whether it be a mother or a father or just a young man, young lady, a child, they haven't yet trusted Jesus as their Savior. I pray that today you would deal in their heart and they would come to know you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.